You are listening to The Benchcast with your host, the man whose business is benching, Coach Ben. All right, I got a lot of good questions that came in the other day. So, again, on Mondays, I put up on our IG stories a little question box. You can drop your questions in that box. I then take them, I write them down, I answer them the next day. What's up, Steven? The Vanilla Gorilla 2.0. I love that name, but every time I see it, I keep thinking it's Blaine Sumner. (laughs) That's the 2.0, I guess. Alright guys, so uh, we'll start, we'll kick it off with a good question. I had a couple questions come in the other day about lifting your head up while benching. Okay, a couple great questions here. I appreciate, uh, because Brad messaged me uh, earlier on and then he remembered to come back on Monday to uh, drop it in the question box. So I'm going to get to Brad's question here, at BradW underscore 79. What's up with people lifting their head off the pad while benching? Is it good? Bad? Why does it occur? Uh, and then I'm going to continue off that question, Brad's question there. We had one from, which I think is an awesome IG handle here, at Abraham underscore Lifton. Abraham Lifton. Uh, very creative. How important is keeping your head down while benching? I can't stop mine from lifting. So couple great questions about keeping the head down while benching. So they kind of go hand in hand here. Um, Surprised we got a few on this topic. So let's get into it. All right. Lifting your head off the pad. Is it good? Bad? Why do you see people doing it? All right. So uh, I can't really think of any current lifters that come to mind when I think head off the bench. Uh, I, Julius Maddox, I don't think he lifts his head off the bench. Uh, his bench technique is is kind of far off what I coach, but you know when you're hitting recently, I just saw six sixty for for six reps. I mean, you could do whatever the hell you want. He's just a giant person. So um, I don't think he lifts his head off the the pad though. I think he just sinks the bar a little bit, and gives it that little whip, kind of loses the position there with the, the elbows tucked underneath and gives it a whip, but I don't think the head comes up. Um, but, no, I don't coach the head coming off the pad. Uh, and why I don't do that, why I think it's a bad thing to incorporate in your technique, is uh, it ends up pulling your upper back, that contact point, uh, off the pad a bit. Therefore, your, your position's sinking. Okay, if you are going to maximize your position, cut as much range as you can. All right, we want as much weight back up here. If you're watching live, you can't see where I'm pointing to. I'm pointing to like my back, the uh, bottom of my neck, upper traps area here. We want to get as much of our body weight into that area as possible. If we're doing that, you know, we're usually we're in a good propped up position here, a good arch. Because the more I can arch with that upper back, the more that contact's going to be up near my neck almost. So when you lift your head, you tend to, everything tends to follow with it. So you'll see that head come off the pad and then you'll just subtly see the chest start to dip down too. Because if I don't lift, my, don't let my upper back peel off the pad, right, then it's, it's very tough. Um, get a big stretch in the, in the back of my neck. Like it doesn't necessarily have to happen with each other because your head lifts doesn't mean that you're going to lose upper back contact and your position is going to collapse. But um, it's just not something that I like to play around with or have athletes try. we got a little shadow going on with this hat, so I'm just going to pop it off. But um, just not one of those things I coach. I don't think the risk versus reward type of deal is there. I don't think it gives you any extra benefit. Uh, if you're someone who is really into that habit of sinking weight and then trying to heave it off their chest, well, then that's a whole other ball game, and that's like a whole thing to, to work out of doing. Um, and that's a tough thing to overcome because it's one of those takes a step back to take a leap forward type of deals. Because uh, your strength off the chest right now is related to you getting that pop, okay? Getting that sink and heave, if you will. So... Um, if you're someone that does that and your head comes up with the, uh, the, the descent 
right? That's probably why you're probably in that kind of a pattern. Um, although I have seen people lift their head and keep their positioning, but like I said, I don't, I don't really see the benefit of doing that. Um, you know, especially if it's not in the sinking heat, you can get a little pop there. I'm not a fan of that style, but um, that would be the only reason you lift your head to kind of get that momentum going. Uh, but if you're not getting that, you know, I really don't see the point in lifting your head off the pad. Uh, some federations, and I think mostly USAPL, I'm not sure USPA, I think that's fine there, but uh, I know USAPL, you need to have your head in contact. That's something that they're looking for. Uh, the head has to touch the bench. Okay, so hopefully that uh, answers you guys' questions. Uh, from Abraham Lifton and Brad79. Abraham Lifton's in there. He says, yep, bingo. Uh, appreciate the question, my friend. Uh, and then I know you also mentioned, he said something about you can't really stop yours from lifting. I assume that's more uh, related to it's just kind of a habit that's ingrained. And I've been there myself. Uh, I used to do a head lift. I used to do a head lift. And um, uh, I think... I'm not sure if I tried to get out of it earlier, but I remember going down to um, you know my, my current coach in uh, in Vermont, and he said Jamie Mata. He said um, to keep the head down, and he was telling a story how he uh, he would duct tape his lifters' heads to the pads to get them out of that habit. Because once you're in it, like you're in it, you just you always just lift your head, and it's just something you do. You don't even think about, and it's hard to break out of. It's hard to break out of. Yeah, it's a habit. Abraham lifting, it's a habit. Um, and I've, I've, uh, coached some lifters where, uh, I don't know if I suggest this. I, I don't think I suggested it, but what they did, they took a band and they strapped a, a, a training band around their forehead, around the pad to keep their head down so that it would stop lifting. Um, points for creativity, but I was like, I don't think you needed to quite go that far. I think the duct tape thing is uh, plenty fine if you want to get crazy with it. Uh, Vanilla Gorilla, I tend to lift my head during speed bench work. It's a hard habit to break. Yeah, and that's it's really what it is. I mean, you can know not to do it, but it's one of those habit things. You know, it's like someone trying to quit smoking or whatever. It's just it's more habit related than anything, right? They go out there and um, break, and that's kind of what they do, and you don't even think about it. But, um, yeah, it's, it's tough to break, but I think uh, if you start duct taping your, your head to the pad, I think you might be good there. It's hard to forget about it when you're, when you're duct taped down there to the pad. Um, let's see any questions rolling in here. Clinton made a comment, been working on overhead press like you told me, and my bench is feeling stronger already. Glad that's working out, my friend. I've seen some big correlations with raw benches, especially um, getting that overhead press up. Granted, it's not where it needs to be yet. Uh, you see some real good improvement on your bench press there, so I'm glad that seems to be the case for you here. Let's see. We go down. Suave to, suave to cold. Uh, I know... You said there's no perfect rep ranges, but I'm hearing for strength, three to five rep range, and hypertrophy, eight to twelve rep range. Yeah, that's real um, generic info, um, and that it's it's the truth, it's the truth, and um, you know that's what they'll teach you in in schools. You know, going through school for kinesiology, um, you know, you you really you hear those kind of things in in the training world quite often. Uh, three to five reps for strength, eight to twelve for hypertrophy, and yeah, that's spot on. Um, you know, you need higher reps if you want to build muscle. You need a little more time under tension. It's a different type of uh, adaptation that you're going for. It's more use um, the right term: sarcoplasmic hypertrophy. Uh, the actual cell is enlarging for hypertrophy, whereas for strength. Uh, you stay at those lower rep ranges, usually have higher weight. Um, that's more the contractile components of the muscle itself that you're building. All right, So you're not necessarily gaining size, but you're getting stronger, and that's the difference there. Um, so yeah, the different rep ranges, the powerless is going to spend most of their time in those lower rep ranges. But I tell you too, I mean, you know... Uh, yeah, there's something to be said for the higher rep range for, for bodybuilders and whatnot, but I've seen, at least speaking for myself and some others, I mean, I've seen some of my best size gains 
from stressing powerlifting movements. I think you need to have some strength component because you always want to see those numbers climb. And then, of course, being stronger in the big three, that's conditions your body to be stronger all around. Therefore, you can use more weight on your hypertrophy sets. And that's important too. And I think if you're just always in that hypertrophy realm trying to gain size and you lack that strength component, you're never really progressing well on those weights. So they go hand in hand. Um, and that's kind of the, the routine here, um, especially how I program. You know, might have heard at Westside it, it explained like max effort and you got repetition effort after. It's just like main work and accessories. That's all it is. Your accessories are going to be more hypertrophy based. Um, if we're going into a meet, a lot of them, uh, I cut down the accessory work a little bit and then I'll put in more compound movements, a little bit heavier. But, um, you know, it's really, it's your, your main work. That's your strength-based stuff, lower reps. I usually won't program like comp bench or squat or anything like that over uh, five reps. And then accessories, usually in that 8 to 12 range, something like that. All right, so hopefully that helps. Um, Darius Kajevic. I always screw your name up, my friend. I think you've joined us a few times. Uh, apologize. Is it okay to start first bench press training after quarantine with high reps, 8 to 10, and next training to do heavy, 5 to 6? Yeah, that's a nice uh, little linear approach there. Uh, just kind of get your feet wet again. Uh, get the, the technique down the best you can. Uh, I'm actually going to be coming out with a uh, off-season program, and I'm trying to time it around when lifters will get back in gym so it's useful. And um, obviously, if you're on a VIP membership, if you're uh, part of the team, then it's a free PDF for you. Uh, probably retail for like 40 bucks, but it'll be available on our uh, on our store. And um, I'm guessing within the next two weeks or so, I'll have that puppy up. And that's great because that off-season type build, that's how I would recommend lifters transition into getting strong again. Um, so that's going to have the whole layout and be the perfect time to run through that. So I'm really excited to to get that out. All right, let's see what's coming in from the YouTube. Matt's popping in today. Seth, what's up? Seth Jackman, wrestler in college, bodybuilder also along with two of my teammates. He started competing a little bit. Loving it, man. Pushing into the 400s now on bench. That's awesome. 400s definitely... Uh, great company to be in i mean you talk about your general population probably never reach 400 pound bench I and mean, you don't just people walking to the gym and hit 400 that takes some significant training a lot of the time so that's a great milestone you can see hey if you're in the if you're in the 400 club go over to the bigbenches.com we got the 100 clubs milestone shirts i got my 800 right here so yeah definitely go check that out if you're getting close to a milestone uh, Matt says, do you always use wrist wraps or do you take some periods to train without them to build wrist strength? Yes, that's a great uh, question and a great prelude to Thursday's episode this week. Coming out Thursday, set to publish at 2 a.m. <laughs> you wake up in the morning, boom, right there for you. Benchcast, all about wrist wraps. I, I, he must have had some insight, but uh, Thursday is all about wrist strapping what wrist wraps to wear, how to wrap them, when to do without them. Uh, you know, any questions that you had on wrist straps, probably going to get answered by that podcast this Thursday. All right. Um, the, uh, the question that you're asking here, when do you build strength without the wrist wrap, uh, I would do that coming off of meat. And I kind of told a story in that podcast about, uh, you know, where I went through a period where I just had wrist wraps on all the time. I didn't really think much of it, just kind of was benching, wrist straps. And um, then I started doing some training without the wrist straps. I'm not sure why. Maybe, uh, I, maybe I tried a different bar or something. I just didn't have them on. And I was like, shit, you know, this, this feels real shitty and it feels heavy. And the wrist just didn't feel strong. And uh, that connection just wasn't good. And I'm sure the bar placement probably wasn't there at the time too. But um, I had to build that up a little bit to, to build some of that strength. Uh, through the wrist I felt like there was definite uh, leakage of force there uh, it was you could feel the difference between having the wraps you, you never want to rely on equipment you know whether it's a wrap or whether it's uh, a belt you know I try to get away from 
most equipment after coming off meat. The other nice thing about that is now you don't have to go quite as heavy to get a significant strength stimulus. Okay, so I mean training out without a belt for me, I really had to stress that for a while. I did a lot of deadlifting earlier this year uh, without a belt. You know, before the world went crazy and kind of fell apart, went to shit. <laughs> and I was freaking murder hornet, so I got uh, got to put up my murder hornet uh, tracking system and netting so my those murder hornets don't come up and ruin my barbecue. All right, let's check out some more YouTube. Kevin Outland, I do know back work. How important is it to raise a max bench? Uh, I would definitely start including back work. It is pretty important um, and I'm sure it'll make a big difference for you granted and the caveat here is always that uh, you can have a big strong bat you can build that up but if you don't know how to use it completely pointless so the technique has to be there in order to really get a benefit from training your back so that's the important thing but yes it can help tremendously alright Dubson, uh, 965, Coach Ben, finally made it on this. You are right. You are on the bench talk. Uh, Coach, can I ask you about this guy's form? Joseph Erickson. Uh, I'm not going to be able to see it on the podcast here. Um, he says he notices with his form. I can't tell if he controls the bar on the way down or not, and his leg drive is different than most talk about. He seems to drive mostly through his quads or something. Another video of him, but way older. Um, so like I said, uh, I'm not able to uh, to see the video on air like this, but uh, that sounds like a typical um, situation where he's coming down with the bar and it looks like it, it speeds up and it kind of collapses into the chest. And then you see this big giant leg kick. All right, you describe it mostly through the quads. Probably is probably just a uh, quad extension away from the floor. And then you see that kind of boom, that heave up. Um, and that's kind of what I was alluding to earlier in the podcast, uh, where you get some athletes who does that um, kind of uh, sink and heave style to build momentum off the chest. But uh, I'm just not a fan of coaching the bench that way. Uh, I'd much rather stress control throughout positioning, tightness, you know, uh, more along the lines of how you've seen some of the previous world record holders there, Eric Spoto, um, Kirill, you know, them them bench. I, I thought that was all phenomenal technique. Um, Matt says, do you want the same bar speed from an empty bar to your max? Uh, yeah, well, the goal should always be to try to max out your speed you're trying to get it from point a to point b quick as possible that never changes uh, but the bar is going to slow down um you know that's just naturally going to happen because you got heavier load on there it's just not going to move like a twig anymore uh, but you'll see some athletes who keep a, a really consistent speed throughout uh you know you see some uh, some of them blow up these heavy weights like there's nothing on the bar um that's just a sign of good explosive conditioning in the body these are very explosive athletes they they've trained that way that's the thing you have to really train to get the point a to point b the, the quickest i was listening to jimmy cobb's podcast guys go check out jimmy cobb's podcast got a great one like i said if you enjoy my stuff you'll enjoy his podcast but um right, he was talking about that um the other day um how you want to attack Every set, you want to be as explosive as possible. All right, so there's, there's, you're trying to get that thing off your chest. I forget how he related it, but that should always be the intent. You are trying to throw that bar off your chest, no matter what the weight, as quickly as possible. And I did a whole podcast on that. That's probably the number one training piece of advice I could give anybody is to move the weight with intent, as much intent as you can give it. All right, be as explosive into the weight as possible. It doesn't matter if empty bar or not. All right, so hope that answers that. Lift the mailman. Hey, thanks for all your help. How's your shoulder doing? I remember you mentioned you were having a shoulder issue. Uh, yeah, uh, thanks for asking, my friend. It's uh, it's not going so well, but um, hoping to get into a PT place uh, hopefully soon. Get some work done. 
can't really tell right now if it's something that has uh, maybe like some small tears or something or it's just uh, or it's just a, a tightness or whatever. It's that retraction here. Uh, can't do much raw benching. Hurts pretty bad for that. Um, could be worse though. So I mean it's manageable. It doesn't really affect me too much uh, outside the gym. It's uncomfortable. It's uh, been going on since January, but you know, some sometimes that type of shit just takes a while to. Um, you know, my hand was in bad shape before that. It's always something. You know, it's one thing after the other. That's powerlifting for you. Uh, I thought like something was busted in my hand because the thing wasn't healing up. It was, uh, you know, I couldn't even do a push up on it, uh, and that was for like felt like eight months. Probably not an exaggeration there, but. You know, shit just takes some time sometimes. Uh, but I'm trying to do what I can and flush some blood in there, get my shoulder work in, um, do my stim unit, things like that. Just doing the things I can to try to speed up that recovery. But I appreciate you asking. Uh, Darius Kajevic. Darius again. Is it okay to do push-up training? Uh, two push-ups trainings per week. Monday, seven sets hypertrophy and Thursday, seven sets for power. Uh, yeah, uh, push-ups you can do every day, uh, especially if it's not, if you're pumping out like 40, 50 reps of push-ups, it's not a hugely, uh, huge stimulus that's going to wear you out. You know, you could, you could do push-ups to the cows come home and it's just kind of good general conditioning. So however you want to break it up. Yeah, so what I've been doing with some of my athletes is, um, the push-ups either we have kind of a, a strength-based focus where it's like a decline push-up with bands attached or weighted push-up and then sometimes i'll just let them rep it out we'll do like uh, sets of max push-ups just regular uh, no extra weight so we do break it up kind of a strength-based hypertrophy base too uh gw ireland hi from ireland how we doing in ireland my friend uh can you suggest sets and reps percentages for long pause work hopefully you're fresh and well uh, hopefully you're fresh and well too, my friend. Uh, had some of that uh, proper twelve the other night there. Um, Conor McGregor's whiskey. I think it's good stuff. I, you know, I'm not the biggest connoisseur in the world of whiskey, but you know, I, I think it's some good shit. So yeah, I'll keep drinking it. Anyways, percentages, sets, and reps. Traditionally, um, long pause works either going to be a main movement earlier in a training cycle. And then we might do something like a 3x5 or 5x5. It's traditionally probably going to be around that 5 rep range for long pause work. Uh, if we really stress trying to, to get some weight up that day, it's probably not going to be long pause work. Uh, I usually try and go a little more time under tension, spend some more time in that, that area the, down to the bottom. So uh, usually going to be around 5 reps. Let's say 3x5, 5x5. And um, the percentage, it's probably going to be around, because you can figure about a 5 rep max is around your 87% range. All right, you have to factor off a few because uh, we just want to, 80% uh, would be like kind of where I top out with the volume. Going a little higher than that, that's going to be uh, tough to keep up with. Got to take some off of that because it's long pause work. We're talking around that 60 to 70, 65, 75% range where you're going to get some comfortable volume in. Uh, and then we could also do it later on in the training cycle as secondary work. And in which case, it would probably be that yeah, five to five to six reps is, is where I like to have that. Um, probably about three sets for the most part. And... Um, Probably be even lighter than that 65 to 70. We're looking at 55 to to 70, you know, range or 55, 65, something like that. It's not it's it's back end work, so you're not gonna need to go as heavy on it. You want to stress more of the pause. So it depends on the phase. But hopefully that gives you some insight in how you can get that going. Uh, and, and Darius clarified he's not talking about push-ups, but um, bench training and push day in the gym. So, uh, yeah, that'll be same same type of thing. It's good to switch up those rep ranges so you have your heavy day, have your hypertrophy training. So I think that's a great breakdown there as, as well. So good to go. All right, all right, guys. Um, we got some more questions that came in the other day. We got a great one from Matt, uh, Hybrid Hillbilly. 
What core training best suits training for bench? All right, this is a great one. This is a great one. Um, and yeah, I would say something that mimics the bench as best as possible. But we have a unique situation on the bench. We're in this big globally arched position, right? And um, we're just trying to brace through that midsection. I'd say it's really important that you have ability to push out everywhere. And that's something that you have to work on, that bracing ability. Um, so I always go back to this. I, I attended a couple of years ago, I think, uh, the Kabuki Strength Seminar there. I forget what they call it, but... Um, great insight, great insight on proper breathing, bracing, all, all good stuff there. And, um, he'd get down, Chris Duffin, he'd get down the floor with you there, and he's jamming his thumb in the different parts of people's midsection. And, um, he's, he's getting in there, he's pushing, he's putting force. And, um, he'd have them, he was like, okay, now brace. And you would, you would tighten up and, and contract and, um he would be able to feel where there's like a lag or you're not really getting a good push out. And the thing is, with bracing, you don't just want to push into your belly region. You know, you want like a full kind of compression all the way around. You know, think of it as if you had this, uh, I don't know, this big, let's say a big thing of a cookie dough or, or pizza dough or something. You want to compress it straight down to flatten it if you kind of hit one side it's all going to come out the front and that's like when you start getting hernias and things like that shit you don't want okay so when you're, you're creating that bracing you want to push everywhere your lower back midsection all that and, and smush straight down um so that's important on the bench you don't want to push out on your belly on the bench you kind of want to think about expanding into your sides and your back as much as you can because I can tell you, um, if you just prioritize your belly, man, I feel like I've torn up my, my abs sometimes. Like, feeling like shit's maybe popping out or whatever, getting a strain. Um, because you're already in such a big arch position, you don't want to um, strenuate that more under the load. So, I'd say just good good uh, general ab training is going to condition you well. And just knowing how to brace out everywhere, just going through that. And then um, any isometric work, you know, planks and... Things like that, things where you're not going through the, the flexion and all that. So uh, hopefully that makes sense. But that was a great question. Um, and I don't think core training is necessarily as important on the bench press as it would be for something where we're under the load like a squat or a deadlift. Um, so not that it shouldn't have any priority. It's just not going to be you know at the top of the mountain for bench pressing. Alrighty. Uh, at... Lao strength, what changes in the movement when a bench shirt comes into play? This is a great one. Love this question. All right, I'd say the difference between raw and the shirt, uh, in terms of what's happening, is everything is going to, the intensity of everything, how you're using technique, uh, is going to be intensified like 100%. All right, you're going to start to realize like all those concepts you see me touch on on our Instagram, our YouTube, they become hyper focused. Like you're like, oh shit, now this is what he means. Because with raw work, you're never really reaching that max effort, right? Uh, you you're working most sub max efforts. When you're in a shirt, everything's really maximal to what your body can handle. Um, so I mean, even when you're working with lower weight that you can rep out in a shirt. I mean, you can't screw up. You can't screw up the technique. So uh, in terms of what's actually changing, you need a lot more control with your back. You're going to have a, a bigger awareness of that because uh, that's a lot of weight. You know, you can't have that thing hanging out in your shoulder. Um, you're going to have a lower touch point. So it's a little bit different groove. So when you're getting down and you're really struggling to touch, you got to know how to really tuck your elbows uh, get your belly keep that pushed up because you got to think too when you're raw you're not matched with resistance when you're in a shirt and you have that bar coming down it's loading the shirt and the shirt wants to just pull your body down too so now you got to use your leg strength super hard to push your belly up against the shirt trying to compress you down um, the pressure's building up you're trying to you, you're trying to focus on the technique of tucking the elbows right and get that touch to the belly 
Um, and then the throw back, riding that throw back, keeping it your back locked down so you don't float into your shoulders and then have a real damn of a time trying to lock that bitch out. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot going on there. And I'd say mostly it's going to be the technique. Yeah, that technique you are going to find is going to be intensified like 10 notches. All right, so that's uh, that's that. Loud Strength just joined in. But I just answered your question, man. You, you're, like, you're like one second too late. I just answered your question. What changes in movement when a bench shirt comes into play? Um, well, you can rewind it after, I guess. Alrighty, uh, we got a couple more that came in from the Instagram. And uh, we have one here from GW Ireland. How do you rate wide grip pull-ups as a bench accessory? I recently started using a weighted vest on close grip and it carried over to wide grip. I'm up to 5 by 12. Well, let, me, let me refocus on that. I got to get a little more coffee in. Sip a, a, sip a coffee espresso mix for the working man. Mm, damn good. Alright, how do you uh, incorporate... Wide grip pull-ups up as accessory. Recently started doing a weighted vest on close grip and it carried over to wide grip. Um, traditionally, I think a lot more closer grip stuff will generally carry over to wider grip things. Um, but I don't know, in your experience, if that was more of a weak point for you because... You know, it's it's kind of like if you train in sumo and conventional deadlifts, you got to be strong in both. If you're very disconnected be, be, between both ends, then you got to train that weak variation. You'll probably see that other one go up a little bit too. You know what I mean? So um, if you're finding too that you did close grip and it carried over to your wide grip, using your wide grip is like your testing um, variation. It's probably that that close grip strengthened some things that you needed to to get up to par to be good at the wide grip. Um, but yeah, I mean, in the bench, generally, I think training closer grip is going to be beneficial too uh, if we want to just get into the bench and quit because uh, close grip, longer range of motion, tough variation, and I think that's going to it's not going to mimic the wide grip there's a technique base that comes with the wide grip stuff too and it is changing into your shoulders and chest a little bit more and how you lock down your back but um, being strong close grip I think really helps get you a better wider grip on the bench where I don't think it transfers quite as much if you're always wide grip on the bench and then you go close grip um, you're going to have a hard time with that so hopefully that answer something there along the lines of the, the pull-ups you had <laughs> all right let's see we got youtube um dubson wants to know if he can email me that guy's video yeah you can email me my friend um coach ben at bigbenches.com for anyone that has to shoot me an email you want to send me your uh video i'll take a look and kind of point you in the right direction uh if you want more regular technique coaching can Join up on our VIP membership as well. Um, that's what that's there for. It can give you technique coaching there. And, um, you know, you get access to uh, all our other bonus content and everything. So something to consider. You jump on uh, our website there. Dubson's also right with me with the coffee. Yeah, you know, you can never wake up too much. So another sip of coffee, espresso for the working man. All righty, let's move on to We got a couple more questions here. At Elliot Hayes 95 any Swiss bar programming and technique tips just bought one and it is amazing all right so um, Swiss bar I'm not the biggest fan on um, in my experiences with it okay it doesn't mean it's bad and um, you know it sounds like you're you love it so yeah more power to you my friend it definitely has its place um, I'm not a big fan of it, but I don't, you know, I try not to, uh, um, if, if something doesn't work well for me, it doesn't mean it's not going to work well for someone else. So I try not to be biased with that type of thing. Um, but my experiences with Swiss bar don't really like it. I can see it good as a partial range type deal, but you gotta be careful, um, with your shoulders. I think the Swiss bar is what effed up my shoulder a bit. Uh, I did some benching with it and, um, it, it really, I felt some of those really pull my shoulder out of position 
and um, you know, I think the Swiss bar kind of effed up my shoulder there. So uh, could have been a combo of, of having that happen, and I was trying to do some some pull ups myself too, and just the combo I, I really kind of wrecked my shoulder a bit. Um, so you just gotta be careful. Um, you gotta have good range for it, and whatnot, and focus on keeping your, your shoulder blades pinned underneath you. Uh, I do like how it changes the grip, and I think for the most part, most people, that's going to really help out. You know, we have an athlete that she um, she can't really bench in that pronated grip here, all right? It hurts her shoulder, but she can do neutral grip stuff, and neutral grip dumbbells, no problem, all right? So that would be an awesome bar for her, and, and a lot of people are going to be way more comfortable in a neutral grip. Uh, just got to watch the range, though. You got to watch the range. That's why I say throw a block under there or something, two-board. Um, you know, that almost kind of mimics like a floor press a variation, which I love, the neutral grip dumbbell floor press. Um, so that's kind of my take on the Swiss bar. I do think the um, – I haven't tried it, um, you know, I, but I, I know the quality that uh, Chris Duffin puts out with the Kabuki strength equipment there. And um, – they got that Cadillac bar, okay? And the nice thing about that is the biggest problem you're going to encounter with a Swiss bar is usually with the, the wrist. Um, that thing wants – you got to like touch on a weird angle. Like you're not going to touch that thing completely flat. It's going to freaking rip up your wrist. Um, not the way it's loaded or whatever. It always kind of – you have to kind of push outwards on it. All right, but with this Cadillac bar, it sounds like the weight's distributed differently so that uh, you can just grip it and – it feels good you know you don't have to like rip into it with your wrist or anything it's just the way the the load of the bar is distributed um it is a camber though it has the same camber of a duffalo bar okay so you just have to watch out if you're going full range but that's why i recommend benching to a board with that type of thing all right so that's my take on a swiss bar but hey if you guys got a swiss bar you love the swiss bar a football bar whatever you want to call it and more power to you. I definitely use it with uh, with our athletes training as well. So um, that's awesome. Uh, JB 1990 Got a lot of uh, a lot of hidden numbers in there, my friend. I <laughs> uh, love the videos. Thanks for responding. Yeah, anytime. Um, and we got one more here. So one more. Let's see if there's any questions that are coming in here. Uh, Dubson says, awesome coach, thank you so much. I don't know how you aren't at 100K subs yet, bro. Seriously. Um, yeah, well, you know, maybe one day, maybe one day. But, hey, I just enjoy the process. You know, it's not a, you know, I don't get a, you know, really, a, a, what's the word, obsessed with the numbers too much of who's watching. Just, like, I'm just pumped that looks like we got, maybe 10 something people here on on youtube watching throughout the thing and we're almost up at 10 here on, on instagram 20 people taking their time out of their day um to shoot the shit with me and uh watch me answer some questions that's pretty damn cool to me so uh, i do appreciate everyone for uh for tuning in it means a lot now dubson also says coach what about a buffalo bar for bench uh what was it about the swiss bar was it the neutral grip uh, yes, yeah, so the Swiss bar. So, what was it about Swiss bars? The neutral grip. This, the neutral grip. Yeah, is the is the real selling point for the football or Swiss bar because uh, it takes your your shoulder out of that pronated position. So uh, it's kind of like being up here in the overhead press. If you're like here, it's it's really tough when you're externally rotated out here. If you don't have good shoulder mobility, this is a really tough position. And if I did a dumbbell press like this and kept my my hands pronated, right, like how I bench. That's really tough on my on my shoulders there. I feel a lot of restriction. Um, now, if I come in like an Arnold press, here yeah, I'm nice and comfortable. I'm nice and comfortable. And then I can kind of twist out from there. So it, it's kind of like that. It just puts you in that more comfortable position, neutral, with your shoulders. So if you don't have good mobility, it allows you to still get some good work in. Um, and then to answer your other question, buffalo bar, uh, buffalo bar for bench. That's that camber bar for anyone that doesn't know what a buffalo bar is. Or duffalo bar, that's a it has a camber to it. We're talking about two inch curve. All right, and the nice thing about that is that it will increase the range of motion you have to travel. The downside to that is again, you just have to watch that because if you don't have good mobility in your shoulders, 
that's going to bring you to a point where your match resistance, you know, you can only lock down for so long. And then you're then you're just kind of stuck. And then to touch, you sacrifice that position. That's when the back starts to peel up, right? The shoulders round forward. And then we, we get into trouble there, okay? We get into trouble. So um, we got to watch that. What I would do, so for me, if I was going to use a buffalo bar, buffalo bar, I think it's an awesome tool, but I would do it in a full comp setup with my biggest arch because it'll put me around where I would be feet up benching, okay? But I can practice my comp setup. And the other way around is if you do have good mobility, and I, I have used it this way for a long time, uh, you could just do like a feet up variation with it too or, um, you know, be a little bit close grit with it and then just get that extended range of motion as well. So um, if you have good mobility in your shoulders and everything and you're not all beefy with muscle getting in the way and shit too, you know, hey, go for it. Extend the range of motion. Make the training harder. That's what it's all about. I think it's an awesome tool. Um, you know, I've done videos where I said uh, some of the, the best bars you can have for bench pressing, bamboo bar. Uh, well, obviously, straight bar, number one. You know, you need a bar to bench with. Um, but a bamboo bar would be second. Love that teaching tool, prehab tool, injury rehab and shit. Bamboo bar, awesome. And then the, the duffalo bar, buffalo bar, the curved one. That would be a great tool to have. Okay. So... That's uh, that's my thoughts on that. Lift the mailman. Damn, ouch. Buffalo bar. Forget that shit. Yeah, uh, that, that can pose us a problem, some of us. Uh, Joe Powerlifter. Thoughts on raw lifter grip that sets forms at an open angle at touch point. Um, so I assume maybe you're talking about a wide grip so that your uh, elbows aren't necessarily stacked. Um, and that's fine. You know, I typically will coach just a stacked position. It's a general recommendation starting off. Um, that's, that's just going to be a good joint stack position, right? And then, of course, there's variations from that. So if you go wider grip, yeah, you're not necessarily stacked, but um, you're utilizing a little bit of, of a different technique, muscle groups and whatnot, and, and you're cutting range of motion. And sometimes that yields you lifting more weight. You know, the the not always being in a, a stacked position, I mean, yeah, it's going to increase the, the range of motion. So if you get a lot more out of cutting range of motion, benching wide, it, take advantage of that. So it's kind of, I just give that as a general recommendation. You can branch off closer grip or wider grip from there. You know, it just depends on what your strengths are and stuff. So uh, hopefully that helps, Joe. Um, all right, so we got one more. One more, but I don't got much to say on this topic, so I probably should have picked a better question. I went. Someone else, someone else, give uh, give me a question here at the end of it. Big Jake lifts that. Big Jake lifts. Thoughts on Bill Crawford and metal militia style benching. And you know, I don't know Bill Crawford personally, and um, you know, I don't know too much about his bench style or um, the metal militia bench style. My last powerlift to me full meet was the the metal militia worlds there at his uh or it wasn't that gym but it was uh as uh saratoga it was near saratoga um i forget where where the hell we were upstate new york uh at his meet and uh you know i've, I've never really talked to him much uh, i don't know him personally and i don't know their style of benching so if i knew what the metal militia style of benching was uh, I'd be able to comment a little bit more on that. But, um, yeah, guys, all right, that's all I got from the Instagram. But let's shoot the shit a little bit. If you got any more questions coming in, um, yeah, I got a little bit more time here. If you want to, if you got any uh, questions, right? You, got, uh, you see, I got a little free advertising for people we bought our house from Signature Premier Properties if you're in Long Island area. That's just what mug I had. Sip of coffee, espresso for the working man. Mm. What y'all guys shipping on today? We got coffee, we got coffee, espresso, whiskey, <laughs> quarantine. So, you know who who the hell knows? We can do whatever we want now. We ain't going nowhere. Uh, GW Ireland, any stretching tips to improve the arch? Yes, my friend. Um, that last video we uploaded on YouTube. Go check that out. 
about 10 minute video uh, all about soft tissue on the T-spine things like that it, it's everything to improve your arch that's a video to watch go check that out my friend uh, Damien's in the building yo coach Ben Hay from the UK what's up my British friend um, if that's the correct term I don't know if we still use the term British or whatnot, but I uh, hope you're doing well over there um, I'm sure you're probably in the same situation as us waiting for those damn gyms to open uh, Walsh Lifstros what's your go to coffee brand um, I don't have one um, I did have that Death Wish coffee and that shit was pretty good um, I like that. Uh, but I just get whatever espresso coffee that uh, we end up getting. You know, I don't have a, a real good go-to brand. I'm just a pretty avid coffee drinker. I can tell you, though, I don't like Starbucks. I think they're super shitty, but I do like the atmosphere. So I will suck it up and, and drink the shitty coffee because I like sitting in the Starbucks and doing my work. Um, but, yeah, hey, you know what, guys? I'm... Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to start seeing some barbecue videos from me coming out at the end of the summer here. I tell you what, if you follow me at Bench and Benny, that's my personal account. You can see I was starting to, uh, I got a pit boss smoker, all right? And I'm having a hell of a time smoking some meats. You know, if anyone's got any uh, suggestions or tips, I've been watching YouTubes. Um, we did a uh, brisket Sunday. We did uh, some, uh, some short ribs and a pork belly on Saturday. And uh, I'm going to do some salmon this weekend, but man, I, I am really having a hell of a time smoking some meats here and watching uh, all these YouTube channels and stuff, already getting a bunch of great ideas. And, uh, you know, I'm just kind of a rookie in the game. I don't I don't really know what's going on yet, but man, that brisket came out real good. And, um, you know, I think we can put some cool videos together and maybe come up with a little barbecue brand as well. So, uh, I don't know, you guys interested in that? That'll be a lot of fun. Um but I'm like getting real head in the heels into this uh, into this barbecue and shit, uh, you know, doing the the smoking the meats and shit. Uh, so I'm really excited about that. I think uh, I think we got something there. I think it's gonna be some some entertaining stuff. All right. Although the actual process is just kind of laid back and easy going, you know. But uh, yeah, that's why I like I like uh, the whole backyard starts smelling like the barbecue pit and. Um, that's like kind of hanging out by the uh, the grill there, so yeah, it'll be uh, that'll be something else. You ever try black rifle? I have not. Um, I've heard about them quite a bit, um, so I'll have to check that out. I'll have to check that out. You know, I think this is one of the things with the podcast, the whole coffee deal. I think everyone loves uh, sip of coffee for the working man gig here, so um, I'll have to start shouting out some new coffee brands. I'm gonna get them on the podcast. You know, I'll kind of be out of my own pocket on that one. I don't think we're getting sponsored anytime soon for coffee. But uh, anyways, uh, Lift the Mailman, I think has a question here. Slingshot with dead bench or pin press or pin bench, does that defeat the purpose? A dead bench is tricky to get into a good tight position. Uh, no, I wouldn't really work with the slingshot on the dead bench or the pin bench. Um, I know it's it's in a stretch position and whatnot, but the whole reason you're doing that too is to develop that bottom position. So um, traditionally, that's going to be something that we'll do with raw lifters. You know, the, uh, granted, the pin set down at chest level, um, getting in a good tight position—that's the hard part with it. So it's just as much a, a technique type of movement than it is a uh, strength-based movement. You have to learn how to position the bar in the right spot how to get the right tightness underneath it. That whole process there is something that is a training effect in itself. How to feel that bottom position. My recommendation would be to kind of row the bar down first, get a feel for what it feels like eccentrically to, to be in that position. And then once you're comfortable with that, everything has to be tight. Leg drive, hip tension, just boom from there. So it's a big teaching uh thing that you want to get out of that as well so i would not use the slingshot with that no wall slip throws check out ak-47 or blackbeard's delight roasts uh man there's so many i've been uh i've been watching this guy weekend warriors barbecue uh, i've been watching his videos to uh to smoke these last meats and um he had a guy on the other day it was a uh i was an old video but it was, it was pretty insightful and then he said to go follow this guy's channel. I had like five videos, and it was like two years ago, three years ago. Um, 
at Barbecue Pit Boys. Yeah, I'm, I'm finding them. I'm finding them. I'll have to check those out. Appreciate it. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited to try out some salmon this weekend. But, uh, hey, guys, yeah, unless we got some more questions coming in, we're going to round out. We had a hell of a time shooting the shit with you guys. All right, I hope you join us next Tuesday as well. This is a regular thing, Tuesday at 12. Uh, this is one of my favorite parts of the week besides watching AEW Wrestling on Wednesday nights. <laughs> Big wrestling guy. Wavy Davies in the house. What's up, my friend? You jumped on a little late. We're about to shut down already. Uh, but, hey, guys, I appreciate everyone tuning in. And, um, you know, hopefully again next Tuesday. I got to give my little shout-out again to um, our VIP membership. You know, if you want to get involved with our team, I'd love to have you on the team. Um, just posted some stuff up there today, but we do uh, all kinds of bonus content videos and stuff. So if you love my stuff on the bench press, the squat, the deadlift, uh, mobility work, all that stuff we cover in there. Uh, some great content there. I try to go live with them every week. Um, you know, and then I just, you know, we, we put out, we go above and beyond for those who, uh, who, want to be a part of that and uh like i said program templates that's all free for our members and whatnot so i uh, hope hope you think about getting involved it's it's super cost efficient it's less than 10 bucks a month so i'd love to see you there in the vip membership get involved with the team um you know we got a really awesome community so i would uh would love to see you all in there so you can go to bigbenches.com you can click on that vip membership tab to get involved and also a little shout out that uh we have our new online bench course that is launching in a couple weeks, so get on it now because I do close those down. I close those courses down. It's a free course called Bench Doctor. All right, it's common issues on the bench press and easy, simple solutions on how to fix them. All right, you're going to want to get involved with that. That's a five-day course. All right, each uh, new video comes out each day, gets emailed to you. So I hope you'll join us there. I'm really pumped about that. We put a lot of time and effort to creating that for you like we always do. Uh, and hopefully you take advantage of the free resource. So uh, please go check that out. And Damien said, glad you're well and having great cookouts. The best, my friend. I wish I could airdrop you some of that brisket. You would have loved that shit. Um, it was really, really good. Nice smoke ring on it. Mm, mm. You know, so and I gotta get with some with some professionals though, and then see what what they're cooking up. You know, but I thought my stuff was pretty good. I thought it was pretty good, so I, I think I can hang a little bit. Um, all right, Wolf Slips, good stuff, Ben. Thanks, absolutely, my friends. So I'm out. All right, hope y'all have a fantastic week. All right, you can join us on a VIP membership if you want some more content and stuff. And I really thank you guys for joining the podcast. You've been listening to The Benchcast. Make sure you check out that Thursday episode. That's the topics on the Thursday. Check that out this week. All right, guys. I will see you soon.